amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Do you know a child struggling with anxiety? They are not alone. You are listening to Made for This Podcast. Anxiety, it is the number one struggle that we are seeing among the next generation. Now, I know it's pretty rampant in our generation too, but looking at kids, the statistics, the percentages for it to be happening so young, this is absolutely alarming. Now, what's interesting is as I record this, we're in the middle of the pandemic. Most of us have been at home homeschooling our kids for six weeks now, and several of my friends, actually, their kids are going to counseling for anxiety. And I've been talking to them, and multiple counselors have told my friends that they no longer are seeing kids, even virtually, because kids have been doing so much better at home rather than with the chaos of school and the pressure of sports and the schedules and all their friends and their peers. That's not that surprising. You know, protect them from all stresses and their anxiety is going to get better. And honestly, realistically, when I look at sending my kids back, because my kids are in the same boat. I have a few that struggle with anxiety and I've noticed their anxiety being so much better during the season. But the reality is not that we can protect them and keep them at home for the rest of their lives and and keep all the pressures and stresses off. My hope is that maybe we've been operating at gear six, and which doesn't really even exist on a car, but we would like to get back to maybe downshift to a lower gear like two. And right now, you know, we're not really in gear. We're kind of at home. We're sleeping in. We're, we're doing school, but it's pass fail. So there's not a ton of pressure. And so what I want to see for our kids is what does that lower gear look like? And I'm going to be pretty bold. I'm going to grab you by the arms. I'm going to be a mama bear here because I really believe there's some simple choices that we can make that could help our kids on the other side of this so that we don't go back to this crazy, chaotic lifestyle that perhaps is stressing them out. Now, I don't want to assume that for a vast majority of these kids that there isn't some chemical imbalance. It's very possible. But again, we on this podcast and in the book, we talk about what are the things we can control. Also mentioning that it's important and necessary to see counselors, to see doctors, to get medicine if needed, that we are believers in those things being tools that God can use to help bring healing. So so let me be really clear what I am talking about, what I'm not talking about. I'm not suggesting that having less sports in your life is going to cause, you know, an imbalance to be corrected necessarily in your kids. I am saying that these choices can help alleviate some of the pressure that they feel. Anxiety is a natural response to fear in our lives. It is something that God put in us to protect us. It was something that we have so that it's not a negative thing necessarily. It definitely grabs hold of us and grows and becomes something that can possess us. But fear in itself protects us from all kinds of dangers. We need some sense of 
our heart racing when somebody that we don't know walks up to us aggressively and perhaps is is wanting to hurt us. You know, we're supposed to have a natural reaction to that. If we're in the wild, you know, this happened to me recently. I was walking out in nature and we saw a snake. And I mean, I all like my heart was racing. I, I couldn't breathe. Now, it was a rat snake. It wasn't a rattlesnake. So it couldn't have hurt me. But I didn't know that. And that was my body's natural reaction to help me flee danger. So I want to be clear that that anxiety is not all bad. We don't want to suppress it to where we miss feeling things in our lives. However, when it grows and grows at an unhealthy rate and it begins to take over where the main voices we hear are voices of fear in our minds rather than voices of hope and peace and redemption, then we've got a problem. So Let's talk about what anxiety is and what God says about it. So Philippians 4, 6 through 8, he talks about actually the word anxious. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he's going to really encourage us in that way of not living anxious. The next verse says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So he's built now this entire paragraph around the idea of anxiety and saying, hey, don't be anxious. Instead, do these things. Instead, pray with thanksgiving. And he says, with the idea that we're submitting our prayers to God, supplication, that we're we're taking it to God. We're not just carrying it ourselves. We're taking it to a God who loves us, who cares about us, who is built to carry heavy loads. In Matthew, it talks about that our yoke is easy and our burden is light. Well, the reason and that he uses the yoke imagery is that the yoke is easy, not because life is easy, not because our burdens are actually light, but because God is with us and he's a giant oxen and he can lead and carry the burden that feels heavy to us. It's not hard for him. He's very capable and strong. And so this idea first that we trust God with everything, that we put it in his hands, we make our requests known to him. There's a offering of what burdens us. We put it on God and he carries it for us. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's not that we don't have problems. It's that we have a God who is over all the problems. Now, that is our hope. And most of us that are older have already started to work this out, probably in a deeper way than kids, although I think they keep it more simple and they carry this truth in a better way than us a lot of times. But we've sat with it for a lot longer. We've watched God deliver us from stresses and problems again and again and again. And we know that he's going to come through for us. And so there's a history, at least, even if there's not a deeper theological understanding, there's, there's a history of God has come through for me. And what kids need is examples of that in their own life. One of the kids I love, I'm an aunt to a lot of nieces and nephews, and one of the kids I love is my niece, and she struggles with anxiety, has actually talked about it publicly, written an article about it. And what she would say is the best thing her mom can do for her in the midst of when she's spinning and anxious is that she can grab her shoulders and ask her very clear, practical questions. So she gets her thinking logically about the problem. Now, logically, I know it feels ethereal and mysterious, you know, the idea that God carries our problems, but to a kid, logically knowing that God is with them, logically knowing that God sees them, logically knowing that God is in control of the universe, it helps. And so asking questions like, what do you think God thinks about this problem? 
and getting them to articulate it. And what do you think God thinks about you? And how do you think he feels about you when you're worried and scared? And all of a sudden there's an exhale if they if they know God, if they've walked with him at all, if they've read some of their Bible, they'll know, you know what? He loves me. He sees me. He's for me. And he's with me in all things. I've said again and again and again, if you have kids that are struggling with anxiety or fear, the most helpful thing you can do first is to make sure that you are not paralyzed and in bondage to anxiety and fear. Because if that's true, that is rubbing off on your kids. And so people will ask me all the time, how do I help my kid? I'm like, help yourself. Because as you go through the process of what we do and get out of your head, you're going to see patterns for yourself and in yourself that are helpful for your kids. So let's just talk through these patterns of ways you can help your kids. And we've got a guide you can download right now on the website, One For You, which is about anxious thoughts. It's it's an anxious thoughts guide. You can fill that out, download it, work through it yourself, or you can get one for your kids. We've got an awesome PDF that's free for your kids at JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. And it's taking the principles of get out of your head down to the level of a kid. So here's a few things that I wrote in Get Out of Your Head, but I also think apply to these kids. The first thing is listen. Listen to your kids. Get them talking. Get them to articulate what it is they're they're afraid of. So many times when they talk about it, they'll recognize, you know what, this isn't rational. I'm having an irrational reaction to something. But listen without inserting emotion, without correcting. Just listen and just be there. And it will take, let me just tell you as a parent what, what you're experiencing when you're listening for a long time to your child, speaking lies, believing lies about themselves. It will take everything in you to hold back your words because you'll want to fix it so quickly. And I'm not saying you're not going to speak truth and do all that. But for a while, you've got to hold your tongue and let them process because they're going to learn so much just by hearing themselves process. So that's number one. Number two, help your child think about their thinking. What is it that they're thinking? What are they noticing? What is their worries? Like help them learn to journal. If they're not old enough to journal, just help them articulate it and you write it down for them so they can see it. Because something about making our thoughts more concrete help us fight those thoughts. That's true for adults. That's true for kids. Number three, help your child sort out what is true and what is not true. And you're going to have to do this work together because you're going to be able to see more clearly what's true and what's not true. Tell them why it's true and why something isn't true. That's going to help them so much to identify lies in their head that they've been believing. I think about the lies that I believed as a kid. I can still remember several. If I could have said those to my parents and they could have corrected them because so many of them weren't true now that I'm older and I look back, but I gave so much thought to disapproval that I felt from my dad that I don't even think was all real. And yet it drove so much of my fear and anxiety. So if we can get our kids to say it out loud, even though they feel ashamed, even though they feel like we can't say that to your parents, if you can get them to say it out loud, then you can begin to help identify what's true and what's not true. But again, you're going to listen first before you insert and explain that to them. Hey, so light of us fighting for these kids, we have something really exciting about to launch. It has been in the making, if you can believe it, for 15 years. Since my kids were young, I had a dream in detail of building products and books and resources for kids to understand God in a deeper way and want a relationship with Him. Guys, this is a dream come true for me that we're finally about to launch. It's an entire brand built to give your little kids a big 
God. So do not miss it. Go sign up right now. Give us your email at theology, T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y, theology.com. We cannot wait, wait, wait for you to see this dream and vision take shape. And we need a bunch of you to be a part of the launch of it. So go sign up right now and be the first ones to get all the information. You're going to love it. I cannot tell you enough how excited I am about this. And we want you to be excited with us and to dream with us and to help build this incredibly powerful project. Let's go. Number four, encourage your child to pray candidly about their thoughts. Pray together over your thoughts. So what I would say is just becoming aware of your of your thoughts and the power of your thoughts and bringing those to Jesus is a practice that, again, I'm watching adults wake up to for the first time at 25, 35, 45, 55, 65 years old. So let's try to help our kids be more aware of their mental health and what it is they're thinking about and how powerful those thoughts are. As we do that, we want to take those to God and get in that practice of submitting those to God and and taking our burdens to God because some of the things that they're worried about are real. And how do we help them learn to depend on God and trust God with those things? And that's through prayer. That's through prayer and supplication. That's what the scripture was clear about. And then number five, sometimes our kids just need permission to not be okay. And I am such a big believer in this. Y'all know if you follow me on Instagram, we skip school. We won't turn in assignments sometimes. We are not big believers in perfect grades. We are not big believers in major participation in every school activity. Our resumes when we head to college are not like everybody else's. We don't have a million activities to boast on. We just believe that we care more that we have a healthy kid than they get into the best college, than they get the best job. We want to launch kids into the world that are emotionally healthy. Now, let me say this. I have some kids that are just able to handle more than others. And so we weigh all that in this. And the kids that that can't handle as much, we do go easier on them. And it's not that we don't have a high expectation for them in life, but our expectations are not that of worldly success. Our expectations of them are that they're honest, that they aren't liars, that they're kind to people, that they like and love God and that they know God likes and loves them. You've heard me say this again and again, if you've listened for long, that these are our values as parents. Our values are that we raise kids that like God, that love God, that like us, that love us and know that we love them and like them and and that God loves and likes them. So these are goals that we keep at the forefront of anything. And if we see something jeopardizing that, if we see something causing a disproportionate amount of stress in their life, we're going to look at that and say, hey, is this healthy or not? Because at the end of the day, kids need to learn to work through stress. So we need stress inducers. Stress, I've talked about this in a different episode about pressure and the power of pressure. I really believe pressure can be a gift. So I'm not saying we eliminate all pressure from our kids, but we've got to introduce them to pressure and keep them receiving pressure at a rate with which they can withstand and grow in. If they have so much that they're completely shut down, then we've got to one, relieve the pressure, but also get them the tools to help them learn to work through it so that they can come back months later, years later, and handle more pressure. Pressure is not something that God hates. Pressure is something God gives in many situations to cause good and thriving in our lives. So I am not saying the enemy is pressure, but I think too much of it at too young an age 
can sabotage their mental health and emotional health and their ability to learn in a healthy way to work through pressure, right? So what I would say about pressure, just to give you a little highlight of that episode, I do think you should go back and listen to it and we'll link to it in the notes here. The bottom line is that pressure causes our best work, that pressure often causes us to get things done we would never get done otherwise. And I want us to be people that prosper and do good work in life. Work matters to God and we want to be excellent at it. That's not what I'm saying when I say to to relieve some pressure from your kids, but kids cannot be excellent at 15 things. Neither can you. And I think that's what I see a, a negative pattern happening in our culture right now is they're playing four to five sports starting at a young age to get experience in those sports. And then they're expected to make good grades. They're expected to have multiple friends and be invited to different things and to win at all of that as well. And that's just... That is not realistic for any human, more or less a 10-year-old. So let's be really careful that we're setting expectations that sports should be playing a role of teaching character. That, yes, we want to win, but we also are going to learn a lot if we lose. So I'm competitive. I don't want you to think that. I mean, I'm sitting there in the crowd yelling with the best of them at, at hoping my kids win. But when and if they don't, we don't get off the field and yell about it. We get off the field and go, okay, what'd you learn? Where do you grow and, and how could you help? And make sure their identity is not in their performances. That's the biggest thing. We want kids whose identity is secure in their relationship with God, their sonship or daughtership of the living God, that they were built by God and set here for many purposes. And winning the sixth grade soccer tournament is not really one of them. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not part of it and that God can't use that and that we shouldn't strive for excellence. Hear me clearly. I am just saying as parents, we've got to be those that make sure that what winning is in our kids' lives is their thriving, whatever that looks like. Their thriving may not equal all of your hopes and dreams for them. We've got to get over our own hopes and dreams, our selfish hopes and dreams for them, so that we can be for God's hopes and dreams for them. Those may be in conflict with each other. And we've got to be humble enough and sensitive to the spirit enough to notice, hey, I might be dreaming dreams for my kids that are not from God. And if that's true, I've got to lay those down. And you've got to not just lay them down in your heart. You've got to lay them down to your kid and say, you know what? This is a great takeaway from today, guys. You know what, buddy? I feel like I've put a lot of pressure on you. I feel like I've had some expectations of you that, that you may not even have for yourself. So here's what I want to say to you today is that you're loved and that you're safe with me. And, and you're unconditionally loved. You can't lose that love no matter what. And I'm for you. And you might have felt me care too much about sports or grades or which college you get into or this job or that job. You might have felt that from me growing up or you might have felt that from me last week. And what I want to say to you about that is none of that matters in light of how much I love you and how much I want to support you in your life and see you grow in thriving with God and with us and with relationships outside of us. We want you to thrive. And so however I thwarted that or however I might have put pressure on you that wasn't fair or right, I just, I didn't, I'm just i just sorry. I wish I had done that differently, but you know what? I can't fix that right now. What I can do is just apologize. And let me just say how far that will go with a kid. Oh my gosh. Y'all, my dad did this with me. I'm so, I just admire him so much because He wasn't a perfect dad, but he was a great dad. And where he messed up, and I brought that to him years later in our life as an adult, he wept and he apologized and it changed our whole relationship. It changed our whole relationship because all of a sudden I saw, you know what, my dad did the best he could. And where he messed up, he's sorry. And I don't think he meant to make me feel those things that I wasn't measuring up. And so giving our kids our apologies and where we've gotten it wrong 
might be more powerful than if, you know, it is more powerful than if we got it right every time. So no pressure, no pressure here. If you feel like you haven't measured up in some way, let me be the person speaking grace over you right now, which is God can cover a multitude of sins. It's his specialty. So what he asks us to do is to just keep going back to him in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, bringing even this worry to God and trusting him with it and obeying him, whatever that means. And for those of you with little kids, hey, less sports, less sports. It's okay. I've got a kid that won a state championship with football and went on to play in college for a little while. And then I've got a kid that is just now in middle school finding what her sport is and miss sports altogether because school was so hard for her. So I've got the spectrum and I'm telling you, God can use it all. And at the end of the day, when you've raised your kids, the sports aren't going to be what you remember. It's, it's the relationships and the fun you had in your home and the memories you made. And some of that, hey, some of that for us is revolved around sports, but it certainly hasn't revolved around the times that we put pressure on our kids. So finding that balance and trusting that God's going to lead you with each kid that he's given you. One of the greatest things I had to realize when I began parenting was that no book would be able to parent my kid. I had to lean on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would lead me and show me how to handle each situation with each kid. And for each kid, it's been totally different what they've needed, sometimes even opposite. And I just think that's where I want to push you to just pray. I want to push you that as you are going to pray, that as you're driving and facing the moment that you find out your 12-year-old son has been viewing porn or the moment that you are at home and your kid walks in and says, hey, I need to tell you something. I, I think I need to see a counselor or the moment that they were cheating on a test and the principal calls or the moment that you find a vape in their backpack or the moment that you see your five-year-old hit and punch a kid on the playground. You know, it's like these are just the moments that we need to know how to handle. And let me tell you more than listening to any parenting podcast or reading any parenting book, the Holy Spirit is going to give you more wisdom than any other outlet. And again, I love the outlets or I wouldn't be building some of them, but I do believe most in the Holy Spirit leading us to help our kids. I'm going to pray real quick for your kids. God, thank you for the power of technology that we can be in this together. It does take a village to raise kids. And I thank you for all the parents listening that want to help their kids, that want to help their kids that struggle with anxiety. God, would you give them wisdom? Would you give them resources? Would you help them know what to do? I know, God, this is not simple. And I know this is so scary. It's scarier than dealing with our own issues, with our own anxieties, is watching our kids struggle with them. So give us wisdom. Would your spirit be so thick and present in the lives of every parent listening and every aunt and uncle and every youth worker and every teacher, God, would you help them know how to love kids better and help them know how to love each kid uniquely and what they need, where to take the pressure off and where to help them learn to cope with pressure. In Jesus' name, amen. you're wondering where to even start with these conversations with the kids in your life, we made a free tool for you to do just that. If you go to JennyAllen.com, drop your email in, you can get the free Get Out of Your Head Kids Toolkit. It has every free guide we've made all along the Get Out of Your Head journey, like Anxious Thoughts Guide, the Mind Map, some Convo Cards, and we've boiled them down and made them for kids. So go to JennyAllen.com, drop your email in, and you can download that today.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.